Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Go Steelers! Go Steelers! Say go Steelers! Go Steelers! Yeah, 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 yeah. Welcome to the Steelers Outpost Podcast, a proud member of Sports Drink Network. It is June 13th, 2022. This is Tom coming to you from the alternative studios in the Washington, D.C. Outpost, i.e. I'm at work. And Nick joins me from the Houston Outpost. And we have scrapped the script because Nick, out of the gate, very angry about a tweet he just read. I think angry is a little bit of a... That's an overstatement there. I'm thoroughly amused and tickled by the the tweet of a... Major Pittsburgh, uh, I guess, radio personality. They still have those. Um, Somebody's listening. And, uh, okay, so generally I wouldn't want to, like, talk crap about uh, any other person who who talks about sports or whatever because we're all losers for sitting here talking about it so much. But uh, everyone's going to probably know which tweet I'm talking about here. Uh, so even omitting the dude's name, it, it is what it is. It's just such a bad take that it has to be stated. And I think there's a perfect way to start off the show today while we're in the doldrums of the offseason. So, okay, big-time Steelers radio guy tweets, on vacation in Florida, I'm coming home today, enjoying pool this morning and a family, and, and a family walks by, head-to-toe Steelers stuff. I'm a proud Pittsburgher, but ellipsis. My conversation with someone back home on the matter, and he includes a screenshot of a text conversation here. That is one of the cringiest conversations I have witnessed on the Internet. The, the generation above mine has a little bit of a struggle um, with cringe. They don't know when it happens, when it doesn't happen, how to not avoid it, so here we are. Okay, here's the text. Blue bubble. I'm in Orlando, coming home today. I still don't get why people from Pittsburgh need to wear all their Steelers, comma, pens, comma, etc. shit on vacation. Why? Why do you need to announce your citizenship? I go on vacation to get away. And then his compatriot responds, LOL, period. That is absolutely true. Back to the blue bubble. When I see someone at pool or on shuttle or airport or whatever with Steelers stuff and I'm on vacation, ellipsis. I sit, all caps, as far as possible from them. I ain't here to talk about effing Big Ben or Malkin, period. And the best part, I want peace, period. Complete and utter sincerity. There's there's not an ounce of irony in this tweet. And I just have to ask, Dad, what's your reaction when you see a tweet like that? Because to me, it's the cringiest most laughable attempt at fabricating some gritty personality, but in your attempt to, to be like, 
where does that come from? It all goes back to the who cares? Oh, yeah, cool. They're in Steelers jerseys. Like, what are you more Pittsburgh than, than other people? Are you just like, how could you in any way be affected negatively by seeing people wear Steelers gear? I guess the implication is this ultimate hipster mindset of like, oh, I knew the band before they were big. Like, what is that to care about that? And then to broadcast it as a tweet. So you want people to see this. You want this opinion of yours to be known by other people. You want to uh, create this image of yourself that's like gritty, but in reality, it's super cringe. And it goes back to my, my constant sports take about like, when you try not to care as much, you're actually caring more. With the, you're taking it way too seriously by trying not to take it seriously. It's weird. It's it's so tone deaf, and it turned it rubbed me the wrong way. And everybody else on Twitter is saying the same thing, but they're taking more the angle of like you should be proud in the in the Steelers. I'm taking the angle more of like, what are you doing, buddy? This is embarrassing that you're trying to like form your personality off of a take like this. I don't have anything to add because I can't crack inside that that skull of his to figure out what the motivation was. I will note that there is a 24 seven, 365 news cycle. You've got to fill it, but obviously he saw something and he reacted and yeah, maybe I overstated by saying you were angry. It's, it's less amusing to me and more curious. Right. And when you look at the comments after the tweet, it's really interesting. There's a mix of support and approbation, shall we say in other cases, I, I love nice. the fact that, People in Pittsburgh wear their gear. You know, and I, I live in Washington. You never see, in, in how many years I've been here, you rarely, and these days, never see any Redskins or, I guess now, Commander's gear. No red and gold. People right. go to work in, in black and gold, for crying out loud. Vacation seems like, of course, wear your, wear your <laughs> yeah. Steelers bikini. Who cares? It's, I mean, that's... It's and hilarious. you know, and when you and I yeah. go on vacation, we've gone on the family vacation, we take the Steeler flag with us and oh, hang yeah. it from the front of the beach house. Because it's fun. We're yeah, it's not, fun. We the world is too serious. Like, exactly. The world's too serious. It's fun. Who cares? That's one of the funny things about Pittsburghers is that they wear the jerseys all the time. But, you like, look, if you're talking about any city outside of, like, a couple of the major metropolitan areas, nobody has fashion, okay? Everybody's shopping at Gap and Walmart. So when this when – Pittsburgh people, and, and you're talking about you don't see Pittsburgh jerseys in Washington. That's actually kind of the, the opposite of the point he's making. He's saying he sees more jerseys outside of Pittsburgh, which, of course, if you've ever been to Pittsburgh, which the guy lives in, so I don't get it, but, like, is objectively false. There's a ton of black and gold in the city, particularly compared to other big cities, right? So, uh, but he's saying you see this gear outside of the city more than you see it inside of the city. And... My thing is, like, none of you have fashion. Y'all look like garbage. So you might as well wear the Steelers jerseys anyways. It's the equivalent of the triple oversized jeans and sketchers that everybody's walking around in anyways. So at least there's a sense of fun. And damn, man, the, the colors are dope. I mean, so why do all these rappers wear the Pittsburgh Pirates hat? It's not because they're good, because they're bad. They're the worst team in history of organized sports. But everyone wears it because, like, eh, well, the black and gold looks pretty sweet. So it's just so self-serious and tone-deaf that it, it's brutal. And that, that's kind of been one of my recent themes on the podcast of the last year is that, like, you can take this seriously and that, like, when the Steelers lose, like, you can be mad, of course, because it, you're, you're, we're wrapped up in it. We emotionally invest in it. 
we are able to separate the real that from a family death or something like that. But the point is, and I think part of my take makes this point a lot. Like when you try not to care, that's the least cool thing you can do. Because to me, the most unattractive quality in people is is try hard. It's like if you're trying to be cool, you're not cool. You're not cool. And so that's what that is. When you're you're just resisting, give in. Like be angry when they lose, but then shake it off. Be happy as hell when they win. Let it propel you through the, the week. But also understand that they're going to play again next year and the year after that. And, and it is what it is. And this is coming from a guy, me, who has, and, and surely still will, been catatonic during and after losses where I'll tell people close to me, I don't, this emotion doesn't occur anywhere else in my life. I never get this worked up about anything except for the Steelers and maybe that's actually a good thing is like there's somewhere to get it out but the self-serious thing is so brutal you have to be able to uh, just wear your heart on a sleeve with this stuff and then when it comes to some serious discussion or whatever yeah sure put it put it in perspective but that is just so fun police I'm wearing the Ben jersey today just out of out of respect well some of these guys in the media Can... especially if you're not widely known well known have to be worried somebody's going to notice what you do for a living so no wonder yeah. they have a little bit of an edge. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, let's go get Kenny jerseys today, or maybe we'll, we'll do Pickens and, and pick it. Speaking of Kenny and cool, we've had we've had mini camp, and there was an interesting article from uh, Caboli, Mark Caboli in the Athletic, talking about the pecking order with regard to the quarterbacks. And I don't know if you'll be blown away by the results of uh, what was going on mini camp or not. Did you get a chance to look at it? Yeah, it's just seniority. The Steelers have always, will always do that. Um, well, I guess, you know, Mitch getting the extra nod over Mason. I'm not sure if they came in the league at the same time, Mitch, maybe a year before. Uh, oh, yeah, Mitch probably two years before, right? But um, uh, he, obviously he's brought in to be the starting quarterback. They didn't even know they were getting Kenny Pickett at that time or not. Even when Kenny slid to them in the draft, quote-unquote slid, or I mean, he, he fell to them, um, they were so pumped because they didn't think that they would be able to, to get him that way. So Mitch really was plan one. And the thought, I think, was if we can get Kenny Pickett, then, oh, my goodness, this is a great problem to have. But, of course, Mitch is going to get the starting reps. And then I guess the one that might surprise other people would be that Mason Rudolph gets snaps over Kenny Pickett. But if you follow the Steelers, you know the rookie is not going to get the snaps at first. But they're also not afraid to implement these rookies, especially over the past few years when uh, the old Steelers technique of you know, leaving Cam Hayward to not be a starter until his like third year. Like those days are long gone. All the early rookies end up starting. Might be a little bit different with the quarterback position. But uh, yeah, I wasn't surprised to see that. And let me ask you this, Dad, because we actually haven't talked about this that much. We have talked about how Kenny's actually going to have a tough time beating out Mitch Trubisky because Mitch is physically better than Kenny in, in every area. Like we've said with Kenny, that that's the whole thesis. I've said that. You know, so many times, but like Mitch has a better arm, he's faster, he's bigger, and he has so much more experience that obviously when you see them on the practice field together, it, Mitch is going to look better at first. That doesn't mean Kenny's not going to surpass him at some point, but just at first, Mitch isn't going to walk on the field like Trevor Lawrence would have walked on the field or Zach Wilson, like that type of first-round rookie where they start throwing the ball and you're like, oh, my God, their physical talent is is so extreme. Where, like, we should probably put that guy in. So how are you going to feel if Mitch is the starter for the first couple games, the first half of the season, or the, or the f first 
full season even. How does that make you think about Kenny Pickett, whose real claim to the first round was supposed to be that he's a day one ready NFL starter? Does that change your opinion on Kenny? Is that a failure or is it okay? What do you think? Yeah, it's a good point. That's that's sort of the, the characterization of Kenny. I wouldn't be disappointed. I just want to be in the best position to win. And, you know, Kenny's Kenny's game ready and totally unproven. Trubisky is game ready and I mean, he has a history you can look back at. I just want to clarify for the audience, though, what I was talking about. I don't think I was clear that Trubisky's getting 100% of the first team snaps. Mason's getting 100% of the second team snaps. And in fact, there is a rookie in the first. They're running pickings with the first. So uh, there is a, oh, cool, you know, the, they will run a rookie in the with the first team. And Kenny's getting all the third. And uh, gosh, i got to learn how to. Olin Duncan is, is basically sitting there with the new quarterback coach, which they think is a big benefit. So just interesting. And I would have not expected yeah. anything differently. Although I, you would think they would mix and match a little bit more. But the answer to your question is I, I'm fine with Mitch starting. The whole year? The whole year. If he's winning, yes. That was a long pause. That's all I, I care was like, about. Am I on mute? <laughs> you think about it. Yeah, I. you know, when they were thinking about drafting Kenny and I was a little bit worked up about it. And, and, and what, you know, it is what it is. I've gotten much more pumped about it since they've gotten him. But this was the thing that annoyed me was when we were breaking it down before the draft. I'm like, look, if you pick Kenny Pickett, like, I don't even know if he's going to beat out Mitch Trubisky because Mitch Trubisky is actually pretty good. Now, I'm going to fight back a little bit on some of the people who have the over-idealistic look of, like, maybe it was just all Chicago and he's going to be this amazing quarterback. I think Chicago has massive issues. But, I, I mean, I just think that if you're going to be a great quarterback, it's going to show at some point in Chicago. Like, for instance, the criminal Deshaun Watson – well, you know, alleged criminal Deshaun Watson <laughs> – uh, he had nothing in Houston. Yeah, he had DeAndre Hopkins, but then DeAndre Hopkins leaves, and he has an unbelievable year. So he, like, great quarterbacks have shown on bad teams when you get, like, a four-year sample size. So I don't think Mitch is this superstar quarterback, but I do think there is legitimacy to the thought around the league that, like, Chicago was so bad, Matt Nagy was so bad, and he goes to Buffalo – and sort of revitalizes his image with one great preseason game against the Bears, which to me, it's nice to see that on the field. Obviously, it doesn't mean anything with how vanilla the, you know, the game plans are. Otherwise, Josh Dobbs would be lighting the world on fire, and James Washington would have been a number one receiver if the preseason were indications of that. But I don't think it, it's useless, right? It, it is. You look at Mitch like, man, he, he really does have a strong arm. He really is one of the better scramblers in the NFL. He does have a lot of talent. And his teammates and coaches love him. People are effusive on both sides of the ball. And you could see that it was a little over the top in Buffalo because they're trying to get the guy a job. But you're not going to do that if you don't really like the guy. Why would you care if he gets a job? So I do think there is something to Mitch Trubisky. And if he does start the whole year, like this is – I've also changed my tune on that with Kenny a little bit as well, which is like – I mean, if the quarterback's supposed to have a 15-year career or whatever – I mean, whatever, you know, like it's not the biggest deal. It could be a little bit impatient, although I will say just given everything I've just said about Trubisky, unless he's taken this massive leap forward, it would be a little bit of a bummer if the quarter, if Kenny Pickett, you know, 
he just wouldn't really be a true first rounder in my mind. That's like, well, that kind of sounds like a second or third round quarterback if you can't beat out an average starter, which is what Mitch could hope to be at best. When you start going through all the quarterbacks in the NFL, it's like, is he going to be better than Mahomes, Allen, Rodgers? Like, you go down the list for Trubisky, and like, well, the hope is that he could be in the late teens or the early 20s, and like, if our first round guy can't beat him out, it's like, oh, that's disappointing. But it really doesn't matter until you see Kenny after a year or two. Like, what if Kenny's great in his third year? Who cares about that first year? So I agree with you. As long as the team's good, I, I don't think it's an indictment on Kenny Pickett's career at all because it's not like he can't beat out uh, Mason Rudolph. Like, Trubisky could be a pretty good player. Well, try to follow me on this because the prevailing wisdom is that you need to win. You need to, to plow through the playoffs. You need to do that on a quarterback's rookie contract, right? You need to be able to afford all the pieces around him, so right. you've got to get him while he is less expensive. So, you know, obviously Trubisky was plugging a hole and w- was more than a hedge against disaster, but how much confidence do they have in Trubisky when they ended up getting Pickett? I would like to know what the Steelers think about the relative weight. Is, is, is Trubisky really just a bridge to Pickett? Um, are they going to get, do they see him for a medium to long-term potential or it's like, no, nope, we invested in a first round guy. We're going to push that at some point. My question to yeah. you is what, let's assume Mitch starts the season. Mm-hmm. I think he will. Yeah. What will you need to see? What will, will compel you to switch horses? Like two and yeah, three yeah. is the record two and three. Do you let three and two? Is that not good enough? If two, if two and three, when you're playing against, let's, let's assume, You've got the Bengals. Let's, uh, you know, Deshaun's not going to play, so you'll you, you have potential against the Browns, right? And right, the right. and you're going to play the Bills. You could easily be two and three. Sure. What would you yeah. do at that point? Would you would you consider switching quarterbacks, or do you really need to assess why we're losing the games? That's a great question. That's where my mind went. So okay, so two things um, on Mitch Trubisky's future and how the Steelers view him. Let's bookmark that for a second, and then to answer the question you just asked, I think it's going to be so hard for Kenny to 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 replace him because they're basically looking for the quarterback this year to do the same thing. It's like they're looking for a game manager who's going to make a couple big plays a game, but I think they really want to get back to like running the ball, play defense and that kind of thing. They have a lot of playmakers who you can get the ball to in space who can make something happen. Everybody can run after catch on the Steelers. Matt Canada is going to want to do that. Obviously there's been a ton of reports about the offense has been revolutionized since Ben hasn't been there. And I think some people complain about it. Some people don't. I go with the, I go with the, yeah, it's totally illogical that they didn't completely change all the terminology for Ben 18 years in. I, I get it. And I also agree that that probably handcuffs Canada a little bit. I put a tweet out, by the way, the other day saying, and if anybody can answer this for me, please let me know. I can't think of one single college offensive coordinator who has successfully transitioned to the pros. I can't think of one. They've all flamed out. And it's, it's very bizarre that I can't even think of a single example, at least in the last five to ten years. All the great coordinators are these dudes who were like quality control NFL coaches at 23, like right out of college. It seems like you got to get groomed to that game. So I still have a lot of doubts about uh, Canada that way, but I definitely acknowledge it'll be exciting to see them actually run the offense. So I think it'll be hard to supplant Trubisky because you're right. Like what would you need to see? It doesn't seem Steelers-like to be at two and three. They're like, we're just going to make a shakeup. That's not very Tomlin-like. That's not Steelers-like. And I don't know, like, Mitch would have to be so uh, actively bad, like throwing picks and just skipping balls to receivers. 
that I think that's what you'd need to replace him. And I'd actually be like a little annoyed if they replace him. Wouldn't you kind of think like, eh, you should give him more chance than that. It's not like, I mean, the Steelers line, it's still going to be a massive concern. How could we be blaming this whole, whole thing on Mitch Trubisky? So um, I think, to, and then to answer the second question here, I really do think they're saying if Trubisky's awesome and Kenny Pickett never becomes the starting quarterback and maybe we trade him two years in for a third-round pick, fine, because we're going to try and find Ben's replacement, so we want as many options as possible. And you and I know that almost never works. Like Josh Dobbs, Rudolph, you keep trying bottom of the barrel. It's like you need to draft the quarterback at 11, you know, like Ben Roethlisberger is generally how it goes. But this is kind of an interesting situation because Mitch Trubisky was number two. He's a real talent, and there have been flashes where it's like, no, oh, actually, maybe there is still something to this guy. And there have been a couple quarterbacks through the years who who have kind of, I'm trying to think, like not like Gus Verrott or something like that, uh, but there have been a few guys who have kind of withstood bad situations earlier in their career. And anyway, so that's what I think they're doing. I, I really think they're open-minded, like, hey, if Mitch is the man, that's a good problem for us to have. And I love that. It reminds me of the Cardinals drafting Kyler Murray the year after they drafted Josh Rosen. And to me, I agreed with that fully. Like, dude, who cares about Josh Rosen? That didn't work out. You have this amazing opportunity to get a much more talented quarterback. Great. Who cares if we missed on one first-round pick? So I hope that's what the Steelers are doing there. And uh, I would hope that they would give Mitch enough rope. And once again, I don't totally think that that's an indictment on Kenny because I'll just be shocked if, if Kenny sucks. You know, he's so well-rounded and poised that it's like, what you, you know, what are you going to do? Anyways, we will be talking about Kenny and Mitch and all the boys here on the podcast. And the reason why we can do that on the podcast is because of Sports Drink. Today's episode and all the episodes of Steelers Outpost Podcast are brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink, they're a podcast network. They got some tweets out there. They got some words. They got some audio free to hear. Bunch of podcasts from various teams and various professional and college sports. Check them out at sportsdrink.org, or maybe even easier, go to Instagram, type in at sportsdrink. Spell like sports drink without the vowels, so at sportsdrink. Check them out. We thank them for sponsoring our show. B.J. Finney is calling it a career, and he is taking what uh, is being referred to as medical retirement. If you recall, he joined the Steelers as an undrafted free agent out of Kansas State in 2015, and I didn't really remember his story until I I reread it. I mean – he had to fight to play at Kansas State. I mean, this guy has always been swimming upstream. And he's all he's like a classic second string Steelers offensive lineman who sort of, you know, makes yes. his way and becomes an integral part of the, the team. And it, I was sad to see him go when he went to the Seahawks, yeah. but happy to see he got his he got a two year eight million dollar deal. You know, a guy who just played above his weight. Uh, did okay. I mean, totally. sadly he only played six games in two seasons with the Seahawks, but he got he got paid, and then he came back with us for a while, and I guess it's just the end of the rails for him. Uh, family, massive Steelers fans, too, as Alex That's Kizora, right. Goat. Yeah, the great Alex Kazora po- uh, pointed out on Twitter the other day. So eight years, made a massive bag at the end of his career, millions of dollars. That's awesome. People do have to remember, like, cut that money in half, and remember, like, it's not like he's set for the rest of his life, but that is a great start, and I'm, I'm sure he'll be fine. But it is nice that he got the payday at the end. You're right. He's a classic Ligurski, uh, Chris Hubbard, 
those kind of guys, uh, those swing backup linemen who eventually turn into starters who were awesome for the Steelers. And, man, those, those killer B days are getting further and further in the rear view. And it, it's been a sad couple years transition. But like we said, the theme of the podcast recently are it is an exciting new chapter where there's a bunch of fresh new faces for the Steelers with a lot of potential. So congratulations. Yeah, it is a little like World War II veterans. There just yeah. aren't that many of them around anymore. There they go. Hit us up on we Twitter. Boswell. Hit us up on Twitter at Steelers Outpost. Shoot us an email at SteelersOutpost at gmail.com. Tell us what you're thinking about the quarterbacks. Thanks for listening. Until next week, go Steelers. Okay, bye-bye. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine.